Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Kate O'Brien. We recorded this a couple weeks ago at my home in Portland, Oregon. Just a quick reminder to those of you who might have banjo-related New Year's resolutions, I have a Clawhammer instructional video series, and I teach one-on-one lessons online and in person. Visit Pitchfork Banjo to sign up or contact me. It's linked in the show notes for this episode. Stick around afterwards, and I'll tell you how to keep up with Kate O'Brien. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. I met you this last summer at Portland Fiddle Camp. Yeah. Because you run Portland Fiddle Camp. I do. Along with uh, Sophie Enlow, mm-hmm. former guest of the show and fiddle teacher of my son. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was so impressed by the camp. First of all, Aww. thank you for having such a, a safe camp last year and I felt good about sending my son good. to that camp uh, at a very anxiety full time yeah yeah so thank for thank you for doing that but also uh, you taught him his first fiddle tunes oh. and it's just so great I try to like be I, I try to not get too excited because I don't want because I know that he can still that there's like pressure even though I don't want there to be yeah. he's like I can yeah I know you want me to like play old time music with dad but like yeah. uh it was great to have someone else uh put old time music in front of him yeah. and for him to participate in it totally and we get just as excited as they do after after every yeah. week of camp we're like god that was so much fun 
And um, that's really how it is. That's, I'm not even using hyperbole. Like the teachers were exhausted, but were just so yeah. excited about it all. And um, and you know, and just teaching kids like this is fun. This is fun. And but with fun, there's discipline. Yeah. And with fun, there's careful listening and with yeah. making music of any kind. So you know, it's not a it's not a habitual thing for uh, classical players only. Yeah. To, to listen carefully or to really try to get every single note, you know, yeah. it is for all genres. And, um, yeah. And so fiddle camp is, is a little gem and I'm just happy that we can do it every summer and we're already looking at dates for this summer and we're probably going to have it for two weeks this summer. Amazing. Is that normal to two weeks? We started moving in that direction, uh, right before COVID hit yeah. the year prior. Um, we had, uh, two years in a row of two cool. weeks of camp and both camps were completely full. Yeah. So it, it was great. And again, we're exhausted at the end of it, but yeah. also elated, you know, yeah. that, that sort of contented exhaustion that you get when you know you've done a good job and everybody yeah. had fun. Yeah. yeah. It's good to be tired because you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons to be tired, but yeah. yeah. And, um, and I learned just as much from the kids, you know, we all learn. So, I mean, what, what when you say you learn things from the kids, mm -hmm. what, what do you mean? I mean that's a, an idea that, like, you know, as a teacher, you learn stuff from your students. Are you learning like direct new fiddle stuff from them, or in in the process of trying to teach them how to play fiddle tunes, you learn sure. music differently? Yeah, um, sure. And speak and on that. Speak on that. <laughs> yeah. Elaborate. Yeah. Um, some sometimes it is about a new tune. Sometimes, yeah. rarely, but sometimes it is. Um, it's mostly uh, uh, for me. I'll just speak for myself and not the the staff or for Sophie. Um, but for me, teaching is always a chance for um, looking at how I'm doing something in a new kind of way, looking at how I'm communicating. Um, and listening carefully to how, what my playing might be communicating. Hmm. If I'm looking for them to repeat to me something, I need to make sure that I'm playing it clearly, um, which sound really obvious, but there's nuances in there. Um, so every day it, it's a cause for reflection on me as a person. Yeah. And I learn from that, you know, and I also, you know, learn my boundaries, reassess my boundaries, reaffirm boundaries are important to have when you have like 33 kids in the camp. Yeah. Um, and, um, and, <laughs> and also just the, the, honestly, I can be kind of deep and, and like, bleh, I mean, I can get in my head and kind of serious and kind of, it's the dark Irish. We call it in my family. Kind uh -huh. of this morose, <laughs> dark Irish, this morose yeah. sort of like uh, inner churning, you know, and being around the kids reminds me to be joyful and, and just yeah. like, lighten up. Yeah. So it, does fiddle music. That's really. funny that you, you mentioned you have to, it, it makes you want to like lighten up and, and have like a, a lighthearted good time. But also mm -hmm. you said, I have to work on my boundaries and that what that means what you're not saying <laughs> but what that means is that uh if any if if people if adults treated us the way that kids treated us we would like call the cops <laughs> you know like stuff that kids do and like it took me a while as like a parent and as a teacher of kids to realize like oh the reason i'm having such an extreme reaction is because this person is behaving uh, 
violently yeah. <laughs> towards me. Yeah. Like they're in- pushing my, they're touching me when I don't want to be touch it, mm. touched. Yeah. They're uh, derailing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And the other thing, too, that isn't so much about teaching me, but what I feel like camp offers to kids is, like, you don't have to have ever played a fiddle tune before to come to fiddle camp. Mm. This is not a camp for kids who know fiddle music, whose parents play old time, or whose older brother or sister is, is, you know playing bluegrass music. Sure. Um, We get lots of students who are only, have only ever played classical music. Yeah. And, um, And it dispels a common myth that fiddle music is easy. Yeah, good. <laughs> when you're from a classical perspective, that may not be so true anymore, but I know that when I was, you know, coming up in the 70s and 80s in classical music, that um, fiddle music was seen as a simpletons kind of music. Yeah. And there was some judgment around that, which I think the barriers around classical music now are really coming down. Yeah. It's becoming way more accessible, which is wonderful, because it's all just music. It's all just part of this huge, beautiful pie. Um, but fiddle music is not uh, uh, simple or simpler. And these kids who come to camp, you know, they come in learning, you know, they've been playing Seitz concertos and Mozart and stuff. Yeah. And they come in and it's like, all right, here's, um, you know, I don't know, here's a rag. You yeah. know, here's a black and white rag. Or yeah. here's some crazy old uh, old time tune with like an extra measure yeah. that's actually not a full measure. Yeah. Yeah, wrap your brain around that, you know? <laughs> yeah. But they're wonderful children and they listen and they learn it. They have no yeah. they have no preconceived idea of how it should go. Right. Their brains are so open. Yeah. Um and, so, and they'll have that yeah. the next time they run into someone who yes. tells them the way that things should be. Or or and somebody who's like debunking right or yeah. saying like, Oh, it's too easy or yeah. you know, fiddle music is a waste of time or whatever. I don't know if anybody actually says that anymore, but I have to think that in the classical world there's still people are who like are kind of on that perch yeah. perhaps. Yeah, um, there there might there might be. It's hard. I don't hang out with those people. Yeah. <laughs> well and it is changing and yeah. and um also after every camp, parents are like, oh my gosh, what a shot in the arm. You know, he or she or our child is practicing so much more now. Mm. We can't get them to stop huh. playing these fiddles. They play in the car on the way to camp, you know? know. So we hear these stories and it's just like, yes, because that's just, it's music, it's creativity. It's, it's a student developing their own voice. It's them owning their mm. own thing. They, that's what fiddle camp is also really important developmentally uh because these students own this music for themselves yeah we've got five days and they put on a show on the fifth day and they've learned four tunes they have to take responsibility or they won't perform well yeah and they're it's performing in a group of their peers and yeah. there's no other healthier pressure than that yeah we don't have to add any pressure yeah we just support and teach and support and teach they're putting enough pressure on themselves right so um they are um they dig in and they see what they can do. And you don't just do old time. I think I said old time music because I know you specifically taught Theo some old time tunes or old time adjacent stuff. Yeah. But like. There's the, bluegrass. There's rags. You had someone uh, teach. Was it Balkan music? Yeah. Giovanno Giovanni. That was Mirabai. She was our guest teacher. Mirabai Parrot. She's one of my teachers at Mosaic String Academy. She's, that was cool. Yeah. The 7-8 tune. Yeah. That was super fun watching them learn that and rehearse it. There was a lot of stomping and clapping before any boat to yeah. any string. They were learning that rhythm. Yeah. You've got to learn that rhythm. 
Pineapple, watermelon, pineapple, watermelon. Yeah, I heard that every day. It was great, and they performed it so beautifully. It sounded so good. I was amazed. I was like, I can't believe... They owned it. I can't believe these, uh, at least as far as I could tell, mostly non-Eastern European kids are playing (laughs) So whenever they come across something like that again, they're going to be like, oh yeah, I did that once, I can do that again. Yeah. Pineapples and watermelons. Pineapples I got this. Yeah. Come on, you guys. It's not that hard. <laughs> Let's play another tune, and then okay. I want to talk about how you got into playing fiddle music in general. Okay. Uh, but what should we play next? Um, let's play uh, Pretty Little Widow yeah. in G. Great. Yeah. So I learned this tune from Sophie. And um, and she she learned it from Gabby McRae, yeah. so I understand it's not a, a typical way to play it. Okay. Um, so I don't know the other way. I only know this way. <laughs> I don't know any way. Okay. <laughs> I may have. We may have even played that together, but I don't. Yeah, it was a while ago. So, so can I just start? Yeah. And not do the things. The potatoes. No potatoes necessary. No potatoes yeah. necessary. I love hear, seeing all this finger work up there on that fingerboard. That was so cool. Mm. Uh, Pretty Little Widow? Is that yeah. what you said? Yes. Great. Pretty Little Widow. Yeah. And you learned it from Sophie. 
Yes. You learned it from Gabby. Yes. And and maybe that's a different way of playing it than that's whatever what the under- source is. That's what yeah. I understand. And I, I um I did a little bit. I heard uh, Raina Gellert playing it. And I watched her YouTube, and it's it's decidedly different. Yeah. yeah. But I love this version. Well, if Raina does it one way, that's probably how it goes. I know, I know. <laughs> that's what I'm starting to gather. Um, but I just love it. It's so groovy. Yeah. It's the way that, that Gabby worked this one out. and It's really good. And yeah. I'm sure I'm forgetting some super cool groovy stuff that she does, but hmm. I'm, I'm embracing what I know. Yeah, good. <laughs> Me too. I'm yes. working on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. When did you start playing fiddle music? Mm. Um, and that... what flavor of fiddle music was it? Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. So uh, the first time I actually learned a whole fiddle tune by ear um, was in approximately 2008. Hmm. And um, I was in a teacher training for Suzuki Pedagogy, yeah. and Annalisa Tornfelt was in that training, and that's where she and I met mm. and became fast friends. And um, I asked her, um, and we had these very different backgrounds. She grew up in bluegrass and listening to the Carter family. Yeah. And um, and what did you grow up doing? Oh, I grew up playing classical music, Great. classical violin. And but by that time, I had been on tour with other bands, and I was yeah. I was playing other instruments and playing rock bands and pop experimental pop bands yeah fun i felt like my brain was sufficiently open and i didn't need music to to play music yeah i didn't need sheet music well here's the question though did you think fiddle music was easy Uh (laughs) at that time as a classical musician i i did i did well i thought it ought to be (laughs) and then um and then i all i i remember in my 20s hearing a bluegrass band in north carolina once i was on a river guiding trip or a river trip or something and Um, oh, and I was just like, this is cool, but way too many notes. Like, God, like, just be quiet. Like, it was just too much. <laughs> it's and a lot. It can't be a lot. <laughs> it, it was just too much. Yeah. So I just, in my brain, just kind of shut down on bluegrass. Yeah. Well, then fast forward 2008. I'm in this training with Annalisa. She plays me uh, Jerusalem Ridge, yeah. which is this cool A minor kind of, and she plays in this beautiful, groovy, like super bluesy, cool, groovy way. And I was just, and it goes into second position. And there were these like technical things that were happening that I was like, oh. Yeah. So she recorded it for me on her phone, and I studied that for months. Yeah. I mean, I was playing like the Mozart concerto, you know, but I was studying that, and it, it, I, it mm. took me hours to figure it out to, to where I felt like it was passable. How much of that was trying to learn from a 2008 phone recording. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give yourself some credit. Uh, well, thanks. Yeah, it's come a but long I, way. You since know, then. it really it really speaks to and this is why I'm I'm constantly um, in my in the world of uh, of bluegrass and old-time music um, or like country swing fiddle, which I'm also trying to figure out. Yeah. Um, I'm constantly humbled um, and when I say humbled, it's I don't mean to interpret and to imply that I, I come at it with all this bravado and then I'm like knocked sure. down. But it's more about like I know that I come to the music with something to offer. I know I come with a years of studying and technical facility that lots of fiddle players don't have. Sure. Okay. But what I don't have is uh, hours and hours and years and years of the bow work. Yeah. <laughs> And the bow work is the work. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so I am humbled by the bow work, you know, and, um, and I'm, and I'm, 
I'm uh, I'm humbled because of I want to do it justice. Yeah. You know, and but I'm also coming around. I'm 50 years old. It's time to put away a lot of the self critique. I've worked on that for the last decade. And I'm coming around to just being like, you know what? I am very authentically and sincerely approaching this in the best way I know how. Great. And I'm bringing what I can to it. And I'm going to remain open as a student of this genre and hopefully play with people who inspire me and, and help me further along the path, you know. Yeah. And hopefully then I can turn around and help someone else further along the path, yeah. you know. Um, so, yeah, that's the story. I'm curious about the Boeing being the work. I mean, I play some fiddle, and uh, that is the thing that slows me down the most, definitely. And I, I'm, but I didn't come from a classical background, and so I'm curious: what things did you have to retrain? What things did you have to change? Mm-hmm. Um, what techniques did you maybe have to break? Oh, absolutely! Uh, in order to mm-hmm. play fiddle music. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, well, um, the pulse bow. Which I'm still trying to which, figure out. Which one's the pulse bow? That I'm not a very experienced. Well, I, I call it I call it the pulse, sure. but like Bruce Molsky, Sophie's got it. Uh-huh. Um, Sammy um, Brayman. Yeah, Sammy yeah. Brayman's got this crazy freaking pulse, awesome groovy groovy, um, and it, it's almost if can I play a Please, little yeah. like, like it's like you're kind of going between. Oh uh, yeah, and Bruce Molsky kind of described it as drawing a figure eight with the, you know, the frog of the bow. You know, you just think of drawing yeah. this lateral figure eight. So it's horizontal hard. <laughs> figure eight. Yes, it is hard. I mean, I have spent hours just, like, standing in my kitchen, just like... Yeah. So doing that along with um, everything else. Right? Yeah. The melody, the speed, the finger work on the left hand. Um, and it, it Sophie's... Yeah, I mean, I listen to these people who have who've got that down, and I'm like, wow, yeah, okay, someday. <laughs> because what I end up doing is I end up defaulting to some of the classical technique, which doesn't belong. Yeah. So in my brain, it's like um, I have to sort of close the curtain on my classical. Yeah. Because I don't want to be a fiddle player who sounds like a classical player. Sure. And I don't want to be a classical player who sounds like a fiddle player. Yeah. So that's the work for me personally. I like the I like the metaphor of a, of a curtain as opposed to some other kind of compartmentalism. Yes, like, it's like a big metal door. You can hear what we're doing, but just be on that side. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's it's there's, there's some osmosis, yeah. there's some bleed through that's helpful. But let's it's yeah. about the filter, I think, right? Like what yeah. what can I bring from my other genre that's helpful for this one? For example, chords, left hand chords. Yeah. I'm. I'm comfortable playing almost any chord shape yeah. in almost any position. Yeah. That's a definite asset I have yeah. to bring to the music. Right. So I, I honor that. Um, yeah. But yeah, the bow work, you know, and and the um, and then also, you know, and the improvis- improvisational aspect of it. You know, I know there's not a lot of improv in old time. Um, but like personally as a player, I love improvising and making shit up. So (laughs) I'll be like, excuse me, I probably shouldn't swear. Oh, you can cuss all the swears you want. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Because I really have a trucker mouth, so I got to keep it under wraps. Um, But (laughs) (laughs) as a teacher of children, sorry. Yeah. Um, uh, So, but, oh, I totally lost my train of thought. But yeah, improvising. Yeah. Um, I like going off the rails. So sometimes... Um, during an old time tune, you know, I'll screw up because I'm trying something. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I give myself permission to do that. 
Yeah. I'm not going to do that if I'm playing a dance or something. Sure. But, you know, here with you or, you know, just jamming with friends, I might try some crazy thing and be like, oh, man, and get all, you know, step over my feet and twist all up and make a mistake and then jump back on. Or or maybe you'll do something really cool. Yeah, sometimes it works out. People at the dance don't get to hear, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Sometimes things work out. I mean, that's part of the reason why uh, I do this show is because we're not paying for studio time. Mm. And it's also just like one, a drop in the bucket. It's just like one jam and like one week, you know? So it's like, what if we had, because if you do something really cool at a jam, it does go away. Yeah. You know, it is completely ephemeral. And it's like, what if we can catch a little bit of that? Like, I might screw this up a little bit, Mm -hmm. uh, but also maybe something else special really happen. And, uh. I think that's where some of the most fun music making happens is in this kind of environment. Totally. And the vulnerability. So in the classical world, I read this fabulous article about how important it is for students to see teachers fail or, or, well, not fail. Let let me rephrase that. It's important for students to see the teacher's learning process. Yeah. So, um, sometimes I'll, I'll be working on something and I'll invite my student for five minutes during their lesson time. Yeah. To watch me work through a passage, like four measures of something, a yeah. classical something, yeah. or a fiddle tune that I'm trying to figure out the bowing for. And they see my process, and they see that, and I'm open about that. And the, the vulnerability of that, yeah. you know, is super important, um, I think, to share. And then when I was, you know, diving into the Raina Gellert world, world the other day, and she's got all these wonderful videos up on her Facebook page, just little snippets of tunes and things. And she has one of her recording in a studio and having to restart the song like 15 different times. And she intentionally re- videoed herself doing that yeah. and then posted it. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> and she's making fun of herself. Yeah. But she's also being super vulnerable and open about like, hey, you know, yes, having a polished practice performance is super important, and we always want to prepare our best when we're going to set the stage or get on stage because that's a sacred place, right? Yeah. yeah. Not everybody gets to be there. Yeah. So we honor that. We take it very seriously. But on the way there, yeah. yeah. Let's just that's lovely. I didn't. I, I would love to see that <laughs> that video. It's really it's hilarious. Yeah. And the title of it is like, in case you're wondering if you want me on your next session or something like that. <laughs> like she's really lovely yeah. and just she's funny about it. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So it's it's nice to take some of that pressure off too. Like we don't have to be perfect. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's a great example because that's part of what you're in the lesson. That's part mm-hmm. of what you're teaching. Absolutely. Is uh, that you don't have to be able to sight read everything or pick up everything right off the bat in order to have arrived or whatever, or to be good enough. It takes work to get to be good enough. Yeah. And I'm still working. Yeah. And also it teaches them how to practice efficiently. Yeah. Like if you're going to, if you're screwing up at measure 10, don't start at measure one. Yeah. (laughs) Start at measure nine or maybe start at the beginning of measure 10. Yeah. And play four notes. And get them right, and then back up, take a running start. So it's important also for them to see that I actually practice what I preach. Yeah. Yeah. I always tell my students, it started with just telling my kid students this, but I, I had to start telling my adult students this too, <laughs> which is uh, uh, not to put them on blast right now if, they're, if you're listening. <laughs> but uh, if you were like mopping a floor and there was one really sticky spot, 
you would work on that spot till it's done. You don't go, you don't mop the entire floor and then come back. And then if it's not taken care of, do the whole, the whole floor, floor again, again and then come back. You know, it's like, yeah. That's Anyone awesome. who's mopped a floor <laughs> will understand that yes. immediately. And like, oh, of course I don't want to do that. No, yeah. That's a wonderful analogy. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm, I'm going to steal that. Please do. Anyone. <laughs> steal it, make it your own, as they say. What should we play next? Um, so do you know Snake Chapman's tune? Yeah. I believe we played this... Because uh, you invited me to come play banjo, uh, or someone did. I, maybe it was you. Maybe it was someone else. At fiddle camp. Yeah, at fiddle camp oh, yeah. for the for the square dance. Oh yeah, which was lovely. Yes. And I believe we played Snake Chapman's tune, but we somehow made it square, it, so that we could call. Or was it. that Old Chattanooga that we played square? I thought Old Chattanooga was square. Oh, maybe it is. <laughs> See, this is my this is my ignorance about that. Okay. Yes, I, I'm going to defer to your memory because mine is terrible. Wow. So Snake Chapman's tune in D, and this is an example of where cross-tuning would probably help me. Hmm. But I, I, I'm so patterned. Sure. My fingers in the left hand are so patterned to the pitches in G standard tuning, yeah. tuning that for me to cross-tune yeah. completely rewires and like shortcuts my brain. Uh-huh. Like, I shortcuts all the circuits in my brain. Yeah. So, if I don't learn a tune in the cross-tuned way, it's it's gone. It's like, yeah. there's no there's no <laughs> chance. That's why I have this other fiddle that's in calico tuning, and I'm committing myself to learning, like, a bunch of calico tunes on that fiddle that stays in that tuning. Yeah. And I'm just going to learn it that way. And you got to, if you're going to learn calico tunes, you got to know, you got to learn a bunch of them. Because once the fiddlers get to Calico, they're staying there. <laughs> so if you yes, want I to have better, a good time in Calico. Yeah. I better have yeah. like a handful. Yeah. Better no, than that's a good. Yeah. I need to. Can you play A tunes in Calico? Do you know as a fiddler? Uh, you it's mean. in A tuning. Yeah, I guess it would just be that you're, uh, you can't you go as high a. without changing position. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's yeah. the issue. Yeah. yeah. Might be a cool harmony. Opportunity. Totally. Yeah. Ooh. Cool. All right. So, Snake Chapman's tune. There's there is a a trend of some like I know some old time nerds who like to play who like to play C tunes in calico because it has that same major third on top sound. Um, but the E strings turn to a C sharp. Yeah, well, they play C tunes in A in Calico. Oh my god, <laughs> it's a thing. I, I've had some lovely times playing those in those jams, but I've been playing banjo. <laughs> but I have to relearn all my all the tunes. That would be very interesting. Yeah, I think it. I would love to good. hear that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, Tennessee Mountain Fox Chase. That's I've cool. heard a bunch of people play that in Calico tuning in A. I think until I actually do it, it, it it's I can't wrap my brain around it. Like sure. it kind of makes my brain hurt <laughs> thinking about that. Sure. But if if in the moment, then it would probably work out. If someone just sat down and said, like, here, yeah, here's how you know for five minutes, like, oh, okay. But right now, I'm just like, wow, that'd be cool. I'd love to do that. Maybe at the Portland Old Time Music Gathering. Yes, happening this maybe year. Maybe the jam. It's, maybe there could be a jam like that. Yeah. That'd be cool. All right. Ready? Yeah. All right. The... Mm. 
little vibrato at the end. I can't resist. Sorry, old-time music gods and goddesses. Oh, I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's a treat. I don't get to hear it very often. Mm. Yeah. Unless I'm with, like, Missouri fiddlers. Oh. And then they're constantly doing it. Or Texas, you know. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, Love their vibrato. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. That was super fun. That was great. I love Snake Chapman and all of his tunes. Yeah. He likes those D tunes with C naturals in them. Yeah, nice flat seventh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those are really Bluesy. nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you can't get away. Yeah. Yeah, that's just like, bring it. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah. I love it. It's a kind of scale that a man named, a man named Snake would play. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. I love it. Yeah. His name precedes him. <laughs> so, you heard Jerusalem Jerusalem Ridge. Jerusalem Ridge. It blew your mind. Blew my mind. And you learned it from a 2008 phone recording. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And where, where did you go from there? Were you thinking just, this is fiddle music, giant umbrella, mm-hmm. I can go anywhere? Or were you like, I'm going to dive into bluegrass? Mm-hmm. Or what was your next step. Right. And how did you get to here, like, playing, uh, you know, relatively deep cut old time tunes? Yay. Yeah. Um, well, it, you know, honestly, it took me a couple years to sort out the difference between sure. bluegrass and old time. I mean, I was really, had no idea. I could listen to different tunes and I could tell the difference, but I was like, but why are they so separate? You know, I was starting yeah. to learn the world of like jamming and like yeah. etiquette, you know, that was yeah. a big thing. Um, and, um, and I made some blunders, uh, that were embarrassing, but, um, do you, I mean, do you want to tell any blunders? Well, sure. Like, you know, playing an old, playing a bluegrass tune on an old time jam. Cause I didn't know the difference. Do you remember what tune it was? Uh, probably. Jerusalem Ridge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would piss some old time musicians off. Yeah. I would be delighted if you I, got Jerusalem I got Ridge. the, uh, yeah. I got the side eyeball, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, um, but then, but then I, I I realized that like it was the grooviness of old time that mm. was really attractive to me to to my musical sense, yeah. and um and that's how I met Sophie because I took lessons from Sophie. Oh, she taught me some of the tunes that we're gonna play next, like awesome. Old Chattanooga. Perfect. And um and again, you know, her beautiful style of teaching and playing. Um, was just so easy for me to just get on board with, like, and I just love how she plays. And so, uh, she's, she's so good. I know. <laughs> she's such a good fiddler. I know. It's the best. I yeah. know. And we've become dear friends too. Mm. So I just feel like really, uh, blessed, you know, to, um, to just absorb, you know, whatever she has. And she's always so forthcoming. I'm like, Sophie, I want to learn a new tune and she'll send me a recording. You know? Yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, so that's how that worked out. And then I started learning some tunes from Sophie and I, at the time, you know, I was a new mother, my child was young. Um, I was working, teaching full time, you know, and, um, and playing a lot on with, with other shows, with other musical projects. So it's, it's something I just sort of dabbled in when I could. Um, and then I started like learning some songs from YouTube videos and stuff. And then I got in a band called Calico Rose with Annalisa and Anita 
um, Anita Lee Elliott, and um, we played uh, Carter tunes and old time country songs. Yeah. A lot of Dolly, and we had, a, it was all acoustic. Anita's a shredder guitar player, and Annalisa played the auto harp and the fiddle, and I played fiddle, and we all three sang. Mm. And we had triple harmonies, and so that was just rock. That was just great. You know. Are there like? Can I listen to this? Is it yeah. still a band? We are not um, anymore, um, but uh, we're, we're dear friends still. Um, but yeah, we we actually recorded a record. We should put it up someplace. You know, we made like fifty copies. I don't even have one. So this is a rare a rarity. It's super it's probably being sold for hundreds of dollars. I should. I um, discogs. I should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love discogs. Um, but I, um, so, so I kind of waylaid in that world for a while and that kind of got me interested into co- in country fiddling, yeah. you know, cause I was listening to all these old school country recordings with these great fiddle players, you know? And, um, so it's been a very, a very sort of, uh, distracted path, if yeah, you will. Sure. Um, it sounds fun. Distract- it is. Distractions can be fun. Well, I always joke, and this might, this is probably going to be off color these days, but I say I have musical ADD because sure. it's. Because I do, I just I hear something and I don't. If I love it, I love it. Yeah. That's just it. That's the deciding factor to me. Yeah. If it pulls my ear and it reaches my heart, I'm in. You know. Um, so, um, so that's how it all started. And then I remember my very first fest- festival. My very very first uh, old time festival was the Portland Old Time Gathering. Right. Um, and um, there were some very friendly people who invited me in. And. Um, that kind of got, and then I'd be up jamming till like four in the morning. Yeah. I didn't know any of the tunes, yeah. but I just had such a good time. Mm. And so that, that kind of got me going in a social, the social aspect of it is really important, right? You want to, you want to feel welcomed and you want to feel like you've got something to contribute, but also like you're not going to be looked down upon if you fuck up, excuse me, or make a mistake. <laughs> um, and, and then, um, Centralia was the first festival I ever went to Centralia that I actually so drove great. like out of city limits. Yeah, for. and I've yet to attend Weezer, and I've yet to attend some of these other big ones. You know, um, so those are on my list. You know, everything yeah. kind of got waylaid, as we all know, for the last two years. Yeah, <laughs> it sure did. In terms of gathering to play music, yeah. So I'm looking forward to to doing some playing some in you know going to those festivals and, mm. and playing. Centralia, I think in particular, is a really special oh, festival. Gosh, it's just amazing. Yeah. I mean, I pulled in. I knew no one. I knew the. I knew, um, and I'm forgetting their names right now. The people who run Centralia, uh, Ray and yes, Barbara? Ray and Barb, Barbara Leach, yeah. Ray Leach and Barb. Um, they were the ones at my first Portland Old Time Music Gathering. They were the ones who were so friendly and invited me into Very their good. jam. And then I started. Ray doing, just collects people. He oh, just he's gets just, them. He's such in, a wonderful magnet. Yeah. He is. He's so welcoming and warm. And um, and then and their P- Portland Parlor Pickers was a group of those folks who would meet in the house in the West Hills. Mm. And they invited me to that jam cool. after going to the gathering. So I started coming going going to that jam and learning more. And that was that was where after each two and I'd be like what you were telling me about, yeah. I'd be like, wait, what was that phrase again? Yeah. How did that thing go? You know, I wanted answers. I yeah. wanted to figure it out right away. Yeah. Um and because I knew when I went home, there was baby, there was work, there was all these other things. I yeah. knew that happened now. Uh, so mm. anyway, so when I f- showed up for my first Centralia festival, I just literally, it was just me and my fiddle. I knew no one except Ray. Mm. And I pulled in and set up my tent. And by the evening, I was jamming with a bunch of people. And 
So great. It was just really wonderful. And I felt shy. Yeah. You know, and I felt a little uncomfortable, of course, uh, at first, yeah. you know, but I, I was pulled by the music and I was devoted to being there. Yeah. And it and I haven't missed a year. Sounds like a come, come for the tunes, stay for the company. Oh, yeah, that's a good That's a wonderful phrase. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And some damn good fiddle players. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And fun in that river. Plus, I get to bring my son, and he—he, he, it's like the you know from the outsiders, the roving pack of, you know, children, you know, roaming through and riding their bikes and their little gangs and stuff. It's so cute. Yeah, the I love the 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 fiddle festival, fiddle convention kid gangs that that form. Oh um, yeah, especially at Weezer because um, it's all just dust. And then there's like a big pit of mud, and just like the entire time, there's like all these you know single digit people, uh, like just rolling around and like fighting in the mud for fun the whole time. And I'm like, that looks, <laughs> you are so filthy, oh you're unrecognizable. Which one are you? Yes, are you my child? Yeah. How old is your kid? He's eleven. Eleven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does he play music? He does, in spite of himself. I think. Sure. His dad's a musician, uh-huh. and um, and and he's been raised up all around it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he was playing guitar, had private lessons guitar for a while, um, for like four or five years, and um, and now he's playing saxophone in cool. his middle school band. Great. Yeah. Um, and um, and he's around it all the time, and so you know he can pit, he could pitch match perfectly when he was like four. And he can match rhythms. I, you know, I'm such a nerd. I'm like a total mom teacher nerd with him. Or I was when he was younger and a, yeah. little, a little more impressionable, you know, yeah. like in terms of like, let's play a game while we're on this road trip. I'm going to clap a rhythm. Let's uh-huh. see if you can clap it back to me. Um, and that worked. Um, so yes, he's, but yeah, he, he's, he's a musical kid. I, his dad and I are both really careful about trying to, you know, as all of us, you know, musical parents, with kids, you know, it's like you you want to guide them, yeah, right. But there's there's not going to be any sort of detrimental forcing of the issue, yeah. But there is a there is a discipline, and what I've said to my son is, um, as long as you live under this roof, you'll play an instrument. Sure, <laughs> it's like it's what we do in this family. Yeah. I mean, and it, it extends beyond our immediate little core family. I mean, my brothers and sisters play music, um, my nieces and nephews and some professionally. And so it's, it's all around. And I just say like, this is what we do in our family. And when you move out, you can make your own choice. But as long as you live under this roof, these are the rules. Yeah. (laughs) I think that's, I think that's really valuable because I think as our cultures get more and more, uh, kind of low context and we like lose our rites of passage and our Mm -hmm. traditions and we're more and more separate from each other. Uh, We are taught to consume culture and not to make it. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm. I think a lot of parents don't have that attitude of like, this, this is important. You have to give, you have to participate in this uh, because you're not just here to, make enough money to buy the entertainment that you want. Um, 
that's not why we're here. Right. And yeah. that, a big message to my kiddo too. And this, this goes into the world of videos and gaming and all the media and all the screen time and all the stuff is I say to him, I need you to engage your own imagination. Yes. You know, so not, not working off someone else's amazing imagination yeah. in, in Zelda or whatever, sure. you know, but like, no, you know, so there's a very strict boundaries around that as well. Um, because, mm. um, it's a chance to people need that downtime to kind of go inwards and engage with their own creativity and their own imagination. And of course, the minute he starts doing that, he's entertained Yep. as all children will be if we yeah. give them the opportunity, but the parents need to be strict about it. And not all parents are comfortable being that way. Especially and, when it's like, oh, I can like let you be in front of a screen and then I don't have to talk to you for at least a few minutes. Well, you know? well and there's definitely those moments and no judgment, no judgment at all. Yeah. I mean, sure, things need to be balanced out. Yeah. And that's just what I say to my son. It's like, it's all about balance. Okay. Yeah. And part of that balance is playing an instrument. It, it absolutely is. And it should be. And, he'll, and he's allowed to voice how he feels about it. Yeah. I hate this mom. I hate going to lessons. I hate, but why do I have to do this? And I just like, I hear you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all important. I say. Yeah. That's all I say. I hear you. Yeah. I don't try to fix it. It's like you're, I get it. I hear you. This is a regular uh, podcast segment, a podcast within a podcast in Get Up in the Cool. It's like when I meet uh, musical parents who have musical kids, I say like, hey, how do you, uh, how do you make sure that your kids don't hate music eventually (laughs) and you know like there's no guarantee right you know what do you do what are you what is your strategy how are you approaching that Mm -hmm. are you any luck (laughs) (laughs) i guess uh talk to parents who have 20 year old kids yeah talk to the parents whose kids are grown up i don't know i think it's just i don't think there's a blueprint yeah i think we're all just finding our way and we're lucky how many tunes have we played? Have I don't we... know. I think only three. Three? Great. So we'll do one, and then we'll talk about where people go to follow all of your musical endeavors. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How to sign up for Portland Fiddle Camp Ooh, um, for funny. themselves or their or their kids. I don't yeah. know how many kids are listening to this show right now. I don't have that kind of analytics data somehow, but... Uh, but first, what do you want to play? Um, how about Uncle Charlie Barnett Lowe's tune? Yeah. Yeah. Great. So this is another one from Sophie Enlow. And, um, you know, this might be a, a bit of an interpretation of what she taught me. Because she taught this to me. I learned this from her. Is a better way to say that. Um, God. Well, I don't know. Like seven or eight years ago. And, you know, things change. Things change over time. You forget stuff. You make stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I say that as a disclaimer. Yeah. So this is also in, um, this is in D. Oh, it's in D. Is that going to screw you up? No. Nope. Sorry, I'm all over the place in tuning here. I'm doing my best.
precious tune. It's so good. It is. What's the full title again? Uncle has five words. Okay. Uncle Charlie Barnett Lowe's tune. Uncle Charlie Barnett Lowe's And tune. Charlie Barnett was an uncle. Yeah. Of either Tommy Gerald uh-huh. or Marcus Martin. Very good. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Fact checkers out there, please do your work. Well, old time reply, guys. <laughs> Go ahead and yes. Respond. Yes. Yes. <sighs> This is so, that was great. This is so great. I'm having a lovely time with Me you. Too. I've been wanting to hang out, but the reason I do this show is to like actually get to hang out with the people it's that I cool. that I don't get around to actually like. So let's hang out again soon, off record. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, before we play our last tune, not counting our bonus track, uh, <laughs> where do people go to follow you and mm-hmm. the musical? things you're things. So, um, well, I don't have any of my own music up and available for people to look at right now, um, or listen to right now. Um, and, um, but I'm in the process tonight, actually, after I'm, after I leave here, um, I'm going to my first, uh, rehearsal for a new band I put together, a three piece. Great. What kind of, what kind of band? Uh, Do we get to know? Well, yeah, okay, yeah. Great. There's not a secret. It's not a okay. secret. Um, it's it's going to be angling in the direction of some psych psych rock. Cool. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, but it sounds great. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, um, and we have a working uh, band name that is yet to be confirmed. Okay. But it's maybe called the Eastern European Pet Cemetery. Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. I like that. I feel like it gives us a nice wide berth to really just to this like explore some cool sounds. Yeah, you're not exactly pigeonholing yourself. Right, exactly. Yeah. It could be anything, yeah. really. <laughs> but um, I get to play with um, uh, Glenn on drums and Richie, um, Richie and I, and Richie Young, and he's he's a one. They're both wonderful musicians, and I've known them both for like 20 years. And we've been in bands together for mm. years. And, and are you playing the violin or fiddle in this band or something I, else? Yeah, I'll be. I'll, I imagine I'll do some uh, play. I have a really nice Boss um, loop station, like a pretty cool. high-powered high one, and I like playing with effects and things. So <laughs> I plan on getting some of that, you know, crazy stuff going. And I also play a hollow body electric guild, um, nice guitar. Cool. And, and I'll sing. Great. And Richie I can't sings. wait to hear. Yeah, and I think we're all we, we Richie can play bass and or drums and or guitar and sing, and Glenn can sing, play drums and bass. So I think we're going to be doing, depending on what you know who brings what, it's going to be we're all going to have songs that we're bringing to the table. This sounds fun. I can't yeah. wait to hear it. Yeah, I'm excited. Cool. And it forced me to clean out my basement, cool. which is good. Long overdue. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, whenever so there's that, a uh, whenever there's a a place where people can go to follow that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it'll probably be like in the Instagram world. Great. I think. And then, um, otherwise, cause um, people will listen to this later uh-huh. at, at a time when it is a agreed upon band name yeah. and you've gotten that Instagram handle and stuff. And then I can put a, oh, a link at that time. Cool. So just let me know. Okay. And then Mosaic, you know, Mosaic String Academy is okay. is really where I've been putting a ton of effort for the last three years. Yeah. And is that in Milwaukee? No, it's in Southeast Portland. Okay, great. It's, it's on 28th, right down the street from David Kerr. Violin Perfect. shop. Yeah. Yeah. And we have six teachers. Great. And we, yeah, 
violin, viola, cello, and bass. Cool. All the orchestral strings. Yeah. Yep. So, um, so that's a good place to if people want to see, see, seek me out for any reason. And then, of course, Portland Fiddle Camp. Yeah. And um, I, I don't think we have an Instagram. We should probably get one. I'm a little behind the. Times. I can give a testimonial. My son went. And he had a great time. Yay. And uh, I'm sure he'll go next year as Yay, well. Yay, I hope so. <laughs> I'd love to work with Theo again. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a little sweet boy. All right, what do we got? Old Chattanooga? He's, he certainly has it in him. Yes. Yeah, cool. God, that's like... I just want to trance out on that. Great. Let's do it. <laughs> me too. Uh, let me make sure I remember...
If you're in the Portland area and interested in getting your kid, or a kid you know, into violin or fiddle music, visit mosaicstringacademy.com and portlandfiddlecamps.com to find out more. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend, or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and help fund this podcast by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up in the Cool's merch store. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional Clawhammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set, available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. We just started our season 22, I believe. We're recovering the music of Grace Jones. We're listening to all of her albums in chronological order, so go check that out. It's a great place to start listening to Think Outside the Box Set. Again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool.